Canto 7, Section 5, Number 59 A race possessed inhabited those parts, a force demonique lurking in man's depths that heaves suppressed by the heart's human law, awed by the calm and sovereign eyes of thought, can in a fire and earthquake of the soul arise and calling to its native night, overthrow the reason, occupy the life, and stamp its hoof on nature's shaking ground. This was for them their being's flaming core, a mighty energy, a monster god, hard to the strong, implacable to the weak. It stared at the harsh, unpitying world it made with the stony eyelids of its fixed idea. Its heart was drunk with the dire hunger's wine, in others' suffering felt a thrilled delight, and of death and ruin the grandiose music heard. To have power to be master was sole virtue and good. It claimed the whole world for evil's living room, its party's grim, totalitarian reign, the cruel destiny of breathing things. All on one plan was shaped and standardized under a dark dictatorship's breathless weight. In street and house, in councils and in courts, beings he met who looked like living men and climbed in speech upon high wings of thought but harbored all that is subhuman, vile, and lower than the lowest reptiles crawl. The reason meant for nearness to the gods, an uplift to heavenly scale by the touch of mind, only enhanced by its enlightening ray, their inborn nature's wry monstrosity. Often a familiar visage studying, joyfully encountered at some dangerous turn, hoping to recognize a look of light, his vision, warned by the spirit's inward eye, discovered suddenly hell's trademark there, or saw with the inner sense that cannot err, in the semblance of a fair or virile form, the demon and the goblin in the gaol, an insolence reigned of cold stone-hearted strength, mighty obeyed, approved by the titan's law, the huge laughter of a giant cruelty, and fierce glad deeds of ogre violence. In that wide cynic den of thinking beasts, one looked in vain for a trace of pity and love, there was no touch of sweetness anywhere, but only force in its acolytes, greed and hate. There was no help for suffering, none to save. None dared resist or speak a noble word. Armed with the aegis of tyrannic power, signing the edicts of her dreadful rule, and using blood and torture as a seal, darkness proclaimed her slogans to the world. A servile, blinkered silence hushed the mind, 
or only it repeated lessons taught, while mitred holding the good shepherd's staff, falsehood enthroned on awed and prostrate hearts, the cults and creeds that organize living death and slay the soul on the altar of a lie. All were deceived or served their own deceit. Truth in that stifling atmosphere could not live. There wretchedness believed in its own joy, and fear and weakness hugged their abject depths. All that is low and sordid thoughted base, all that is drab and poor and miserable, breathed in a lax content its natural air, and felt no yearning of divine release. Arrogant, jibing at more luminous states, the people of the gulfs despised the sun. A barriered artarchy excluded light, fixed in its will to be its own gray self. It vaunted its norm, unique and splendid type. It soothed its hunger with a plunderer's dream, flaunting its cross of servitude like a crown. It clung to its dismal, harsh autonomy. A bull-throat bellowed with its brazen tongue, its hard and shameless clamor filling space, and threatening all who dared to listen to truth, claimed the monopoly of the battered ear, a deafened acquiescence that gave its vote, and braggart dogmas shouted in the night, kept for the fallen soul once deemed a god, the pride of its abysmal absolute.